Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. So the Flyers and the Flames about to get underway. Then Philadelphia here in Edmonton on Wednesday. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chet. 5.30 for the face-off show. The game starts at 7. Predators lead the Bruins 2-0 after the first. Colin Smith has both, or pardon me, Craig Smith. Craig Smith has both goals. He's up to 11 on the season. Panthers lead the Islanders 3-2 in the second period. Early in the third, Capitals have a 3-1 advantage on the Sharks. NFL tonight, late in the first quarter, 10-0. Cincinnati leading Pittsburgh. Brendan Ulrich will be happy. Producer of Oilers now, huge Cincinnati Bengals fan. As are, aren't you? Oh no, you're a Seahawks fan, Kellen. Yeah, I'm a Seahawks. Did you get fan. to watch last night? Yes, that was a good one. It was a really good one. Yeah, they got away with a bit of an illegal forward pass. Yeah, there. Ah, that happens. You need. You'd rather be lucky than good you in need that a situation. Break. You need a break. That's right. Everybody knows you need the breaks. We've been stomped on too long this season, Reed. We got to rally. All right. Well, so we're going to have some fun this week on Inside Sports. we got shows tonight, tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. Oilers game on Wednesday. So we're doing, for lack of a better term, because I'm not very original, we're calling it Enforcers Week. And we're going to talk to guys who in their NHL careers were, you guessed it, enforcers and got a lot of penalty minutes. So we're starting big with the gentleman who holds the WHL record for most penalty minutes in a season. In 1977-78, Brent Gogol split his time between the Billings Bighorns and the Victoria Cougars. He racked up 511 penalty minutes, and Brent joins us on the line now. Brent, you're on with Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for making time for me. How are you doing? You say that 511 like it was a bad thing. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah. it's a league record, so it must be good. <laughs> yeah, 40 years. I can't believe next year is going to be 40 years. And I can I can tell you, I have a, my friends will tell you, and you know a lot of them, like the Glenn Cochran's, the Kurt Fraser's, they're all, they're all tight with me still. They'll tell you I have a really good memory. And I can still remember the day I got traded from uh, yeah. uh, the, the Pincher Creek Panthers were a Tier 2 team yep. just after Christmas of the Victoria Cougars. And I met with Patty Janelle at the airport in Victoria with Kurt Fraser. And the first thing Kurt Fraser sees is a crucifix around my neck that the Bassin family had given me. We were good friends. I, you've heard of Hank Bassin and Bobby Bassin, obviously. And he reaches up and he yanks off and says, Don't let Patty see that. Jeez, Gogo. Well, okay. Well, so here we go. Like, introduced to Patty Janelle. And he says, So what do you think of coming to the Victoria Cougars? And I said, I'm being honest with you. I can hardly wait to play in that zoo, New Westminster, because they had run the table on everyone with Harold Philipoff and Barry Beck and Clayton Bahal and those guys. And I'd listen to those games on the radio as a 16, 17-year-old. I, I mean, I bit off a little more than I can chew. That'll come later, obviously. But, you know, yeah, I look forward to being part of that 
the Wild West. That's what it was. Well, yeah, I mean, it was. You mentioned New Westminster. That's the team that's that's sort of, uh, I guess, most notorious or famous from that era, depending on how you look at it. Tell us about, like, Brent. Were you always a guy who sort of had to fight and and scrap and get penalty minutes to make his name, or when did that role become a reality for you? You know, it, it's so funny because not a chance. I was I was quiet. I, I, it was because I got to be tall, and the league started embracing after the Flyers won their first cup. Everyone started looking at height and size, and Patty Janelle installed me as a, as a third-line center, and I played defense my entire life. I was so shocked that he wanted me to play center, but uh, he centered a line I called the BCP line, boom, crash, penalty. We never made it through a shift without someone getting penalized on my line. But no, I wasn't like that. I started thinking about the violent part of hockey when the WHA was formed, and I was in my, my first year juvenile double-A here in Calgary, and I started fighting, and I can tell you that I lost my first three or four and my dad was so sick of watching me pick my face up off the ice he hauled me out in the backyard it was 25 below in those days and he said okay here's the deal spread your feet out you moron and and get that shoulder up and get this up and and after that i started winning it wasn't before my dad saw a game and was sickened by the ineffectiveness of his oldest child that i started fighting but no i, I used to street fight but i hadn't had any hockey fight till uh till juvenile double a what is, is your dad still with us Oh yeah, eighty-five years old, still kicking. Goes to the odd Rockets game. What's Little, his name? Uh, Russian farmer, tough as a night in jail. He is. He's got. He's got an amazing pain threshold. Got a hip replacement at about eighty-two. Still golfs his own age. So yeah, he's he's a pretty tough guy, and uh, I'm I don't, I don't talk back to him even to this day yet. Sorry, what's his first name? Albert Bert Gogol. Yeah, he's he lives on Kelowna, and yeah, he's, he's he's a tough guy for sure. Glenn Cochran, like I said, will bring his name up a few times because he's one of my teammates in junior. Him and Glenn still go golfing together, and uh, honest to God, you name another 85-year-old. In fact, I think this year he's 87, can still hit a ball 300 yards. He he's only five foot eight. He uncoils and and still uh, surprises all of us. So it's it's a lot of fun to be his kid. Uh, well, was he a hockey player or a, uh, like a boxer, or did he just wanted to teach you and teach you to be good at it? He wanted me to teach me to be good at it because he was a Saskatchewan farm kid that would roll in and play Notre Dame, the Hounds, and in those days Notre Dame was a school for miscreants it wasn't a sports elite school uh, uh families and schools sent their worst actors to that school and of course dad would you know from Kenora, saskatchewan would roll in and play them and he said they were so dirty brent they'd step on your hands and gouge your eyes out and Jeez. have pepper to throw in your face on the line so he was a tough bastard and don't believe that he was <laughs> he was he was he was a, a, a born-again killer for his size and actually had a winnipeg blue bombers tryout as a, as a college football player played for the university of brandon has so many accolades with them as, as a super football player. So I come by that end of it quite naturally. Like, I think I'm pretty tough, or was pretty tough in those days. My son, Kirk Gogol, is extremely tough for his size, 6'1". So, and my oldest boy, who never really got into it, is like 19-0 and 0 in his fight as just an amateur. So oh, wow. I okay. think we, we sort of have that in us. And that's uh, just, you know, the coaches in those days exploited that. Brent Gogol joining us on Inside Sports Enforcers Week here on Inside Sports. You had 511 penalty minutes in the dub, late 70s. We talked about that. 380 in the IHL, uh, 327 one year with the Baltimore Clippers in the EHL. Uh, Okay, so you mentioned your dad sort of said you got to get better at this. Brent, did you ever actually like doing it? Uh, Yes, honest to God. And I know it sounds... People won't understand it. It sounds kind of crazy i know but if i could get a guy to look down and i've had these conversations with like archie henderson and 
and Dave Semenko, if you got a guy to look down, you had him. I mean, and, and I would challenge anyone. I would go after the biggest player. One of my coaches in uh, in both uh, Milwaukee and in, in the East Coast, like Junior Baracco, really good friends with uh, Gene, with uh, Lou Nanny. He used to say Brent was like the rooster in the barnyard. You go at any other roosters that dare set foot in it. And that's what we would do. I would go and see and test myself. And one of my traits was if you beat me, I'd come at you till I won or you got sick of, of, of actually fighting with me. So at the end of the year, when I was, for instance, International League, I was I, I had won and defeated everybody that everyone that, that, that wanted to fight. And it was the same for the East Coast League. And I, I kept getting passed over for promotion. So that actually led to, uh, in my opinion, a premature retirement. But I was also a valedictorian in my high school and uh, carried a 3.24 in university. So I, I, I just, I always caught, you know, called myself a fairly intelligent fighter. You, you picked your spots when your team was down, and you, you see teams now don't really do that as much anymore because of the instigation rule. But we didn't allow, uh, how do you call it? You didn't. I didn't allow flights to be unpunished, and uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. I really did enjoy it. I mean, and uh, I, I enjoyed. I could take a punch. Let's put it that way. Great big Russian melon, I guess, and I could take a punch. So if fighting, it wasn't that difficult for me. You know, I, I knew you were going to have stories because when I emailed you, you, you were like, you replied right away. So because some guys are like, ah, I don't want to talk about that, but uh, I knew you, I knew you'd be all in. So this is great. Uh, <laughs> you got a story about Matt Cassian. You said, yeah, it's like I coached him my uh, first year midget AAA, and Cam Ward was our goaltender. He's so far, I think Cam's the only NHL I've ever coached. And Matt Casting was the second. And and we were playing a midget AAA tournament in Prince Albert. And I liked to take my team because, you know, I mean, um, Sherwood Park has a reputation as, as having a lot of spoiled rich kids. And I used to take them to the Prince Albert tournament to play all the Saskatchewan teams, the farm kids. And I'd say, okay, boys, here's where, you know, the rubber hits the road. And after I think it was of our third game in the tournament, this guy had been sent down to his midget AAA team from the Western Hockey League. And he kept stating that fact to my entire bench. I, I fought in the dub. I kill all you pansies from Sherwood Park. And about 10 minutes in the second third, I feel this tap on my shoulder. I turn around, it's Matt Cassian. His mother was a single librarian from Sherwood Park, the most gentle, kind, quiet lady in the world who entrusted me with, with her son. And he said, Mr. Gogol, you got to let me do something about this. I'm like, Matt, are you serious? And Matt had played midget seven the year before, and I'd taken a lot of heat for putting him on my team. But I have a right as a coach, to have a project. I just saw something in Matt. My kids played bigger with Matt Catching on my team, and I liked his enthusiasm, big smile, and he had a hell of a wrist shot. He couldn't slap the puck to save it. If you said, son, we're going to take your leg off if you can't compete a slap shot. He'd have been a one-legged player. But he tried hard, and he, he went out on the ice at the expense of a two-game suspension, and he, he absolutely mopped up the ice. with like cut him over both eyes, broke his nose, blood was all over the place. Took five minutes to scrape it all. And in the, in the hallway, at the end of the period, waiting for me were the Saskatoon Blade Scouts, Vancouver Giants. I mean, there was like five Western Hockey League teams all wanting into my dressing room to sign him. And it's like, whoa, whoa, fellas. His mom's going to lose it when she finds out I let him fight. She's a librarian. And they, they stepped back a bit, but Vancouver ended up signing him. And uh, the rest is history. Matt did all the rest of his own. Worked on his skating, worked on his toughness. Big, strong kid. Great kid. And I like telling that story. Brent, can you stay on the line? We got to kick a quick, quick timeout. I want to, I want to ask you about something else, and obviously, we want to update people on, uh, I think, what I would call a pretty successful life uh, since hockey. Can you hang on the line? Absolutely. Right on. It is Brent Gogol, Enforcers Week on Inside Sports. We're coming right back.
please support 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. Find out how at santasanonymous.ca. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Ched. Yeah, thanks to everybody. Saturday night at Rogers Place, over 14,000 teddy bears donated to 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. The uh, Davis Kosh, Davis Kosh for the Oil Kings, scoring the teddy bear goal this season. Reed Wilk is with you on Inside Sports. I have Brent Gogol on the line, our first guest for Enforcers Week this uh, week on Inside Sports. Uh, Brent, thanks again for making time for us. You mentioned some of your uh, coaching, and I actually got a message from uh, somebody I've known for quite a while because he's uh, from Lloyd where I used to, where my broadcasting career started. He said, can you ask Brent about when he was coaching a midget AAA game in Sherwood Park and wanted to fight the ref and it may involve you shedding some clothing. Now this person also <laughs> says, Brent was a good coach, got me to the next level, helped people accountable. But but I, I trust this guy that he's teeing me up to tee you up for a pretty good story. What What happened here? He's 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 half braid. It would the only time I ever took my jacket off was uh, Stan Symes with the St. Albert uh, Junior Saints, and once again the year that Matt Catchin played, and uh, we were we were a hell of a team, and they, you know, uh, went to the semifinals in the MAC that year and everything, and we're winning in the first round against St. Albert. It might have even been the second round to get you know out of the North Division, and somebody ran over. <laughs> Uh, Cam Ward right at our bench at a timeout. Just ran him right over and I, I'm not lying to you, I snapped. My tie came off, my jacket came off and I have a little manager about five foot ten. Van der Rink was his name and he's begging me not to cross the barrier between the two dress rooms. Begging me, says, Brent, you know, I, I think a lot of you, but just don't do it. Don't go across there and I'm absolutely losing it and it wasn't the ref. The ref story he's talking about is we had a ref that hated us that, that came from Leduc and Leduc was always our biggest enemy. And uh, I walked off the ice right in front of him one time and hammered the glass with my left hand, breaking it right about an inch from his head. Didn't hit him, but came close enough. And he actually quit hockey after that because I waited for him in the parking lot with this throbbing hand with two knuckles that had disappeared. I said, I don't know what you're doing, but, you know, we don't play with these kids for four days a week, take them to dry line training everything to have you ruin games because you don't like me. I'll sit in the stands if you want, but I can't take any more of your shitty refereeing. He said, don't worry about it. I quit. You just missed me with that left hook. I said, okay, good. And I... So there's there's two stories in one about coaching. I wasn't the most calmest guy in the bench. I won't lie to you. Okay, well that's incredible. Thanks for your honesty about that, uh, Brent. We're going to have to have you on again because I know people are loving this. But I do want to, uh, you know, you mentioned that was 40 years ago. You set the, almost 40 years ago. You set the yeah. penalty minutes record. Clearly, your life didn't end then. And I actually got a hold of you through a company called DR Directional. So tell us yeah. uh, where life uh, took you away from the rink. And it sounds like you've been uh, you've been pretty successful and living a pretty good life. Well, you know that I can honestly t- say that that was the hardest thing I ever did was leaving the Minnesota North Stars organization. I just didn't feel that they were being fair. I fought everyone that you could possibly fight, excelled at it, you know, had smaller teams in front of me, never had any help in the Minnesota chain, never. I mean, you probably remember the game where John Winsick challenged the whole Minnesota North Stars bench, and there were guys like Donnie Jackson, myself, uh, Ronnie Fries, uh, Tim Spencer in the Minnesota North Stars chain, and we had to watch that, and it, it sickened to me. And I said, if you're not going to promote me so that you can at least place a phone call from Oklahoma City or Nashville so I can go up and play against the Bruins, I went out. And Lunani says, well, then go ahead, Brent, go to university. We don't care. You'll regret it. And I've always regretted it, but don't forget in those days, $75,000, $80,000 was all I could expect to make. Um, Bobby Smith was only making two hundred grand as their number one player. 
So nowadays, of course, it'd be worth sticking around. At that point, I said it wasn't. I ended up going back to university, joining a drilling company, going to night school. Been fortunate enough to, to be fairly good at uh, the sales and marketing end of it. Have started and sold two or three companies. So I can't complain. It was the right decision. Was it the most fun? No. To walk away from hockey, any people listen, listening out there, if you can tell your kids to do the workouts and take the shots and get up early and do the sit-ups and push-ups, push them because my oldest boy always says, Dad, why didn't you push me harder to be like you? Well, you can only go so far as a parent. And, and as an ex-player, you can only push yourself to the point where you can see there's no point in trying to go anymore. And I hit that stage earlier than I wanted to. I always promised myself I'd give myself five years, but this DNR directional has been a good game in Calgary. The, obviously, the certain government levels now are made it difficult to, to do well in Calgary or in all of Alberta. That, that's a subject we won't get into, but I've, I've done okay. And uh, I have no regrets. Who's the best fighter you ever went against, or a guy that made you, you know, challenged you the most? Barry Beck. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. It was uh, that. That's one of my. That's one of the stories I wrote down to make sure to tell you is uh, he had. You're gonna like this. He had had contracted. I think that's the right word. Pneumonia. Yeah. He lost 18 pounds. And uh, right from my very first game in the league, when I I dropped Stan Smeal with one punch, and he, and he skated up to me and says, "Oh." So you're the league's new tough guy. And I said, how's the manager playing on the same team the rest of us are? I mean, he looked like he was 40 years old when he was 20 years old. The oldest player, looking player I ever played against. It took me three months to screw up the, the courage to fight him. I'll never forget the day before the game. He'd mentioned the newspaper. He was back. He was sick of Brent Gogo running. His team is going to kill me. And Glenn Cochran's my roommate laying across from me in the dark. And he's going, Gold, just think what you're going to look like tomorrow broken nose, two black guys. You're going to look so much different. I'm like, shut up, Glenn. I'm having a tough time going to sleep, but it is. So the game started. I skate towards him, look at him. I said, I hear your look. And that's all I got out. I didn't even get the word looking for me. He was as quick as a cat, beat me right down to his laces. I'd never seen Bauer skates that up close because I was a CCM guy. I thought, hey, look, he's got Bauer skates. But the best part of the story is he didn't hurt me one bit. Linesman pulls me up. I look at Beck and I start laughing. And I said, "You're the league's toughest guy. I don't have a mark on me." And he growled like like a bear. Ooh, maybe pushed him a little too far there. <laughs> we get to the penalty box and he tells me, "Don't take your gloves out. Don't take your sticks out. I'm going to kill you, Rook." And uh, he, Archie Henderson on our team skated over as soon as my penalty was over. Started a bench clearing brawl like you've never seen before. That's the topic we should have our next conversation is about the morphing of the game away from brawls and stuff because. I had five fights that brawl. Well, that's Cochran had four. It, it, those days are gone, and that's not a bad thing. Well, that's what I want to ask you. And, and Brent, we are we're, we'll we'll stay in touch so we can do this again. But I'm into the final couple minutes here for this time slot. But um, w- when you look at the modern game, I mean, sometimes now the Oilers actually do fight more than they used to over the yeah. last couple of years. But when you look at the modern game, you could sometimes watch a couple weeks worth of games and not not see a fight. Uh, like, is it better, or do you miss sometimes just be the it was more likely you could just grab a guy and, and tune him in if you wanted to. Well, there's, there's some NHL executives that I'm very good friends with, and they definitely despise, and the word is not being too gentle, they despise the direction this game is taken. They go to, they have their own teams have six hits in a game, and no, I really miss the fact that the accountability is gone. Batman is the number one uh, culprit without with his 2, 5, and 10. In a game with his instigator, there's, you know, they, they call players rats at McKinney Lindsman type of guys. Those guys can get away with murder now. There's no accountability. I, my wife is the only reason I go to hockey games. I can hardly stand to go watch. There's so little physicality to it. And, you know, the Calgary Flames right here, we have Michael Furlan that played in Brandon. Him, him and my son used to have wars 
I'm lucky if I see him get any snow in his uniform at all now, and I, I resent that. I think Batman is part and parcel of putting that in play, and I don't talk about the knuckle-dragging guys like I've heard coaches talk about, but good, solid, tough hockey, whether it was a collision and, no, tag with you, tag with you, and off come the gloves. I miss that. I miss the, the good the good hits. That, and the reason I see so many skilled players now is they're not afraid to skate around the ice because no one's hitting them. If you take the body to them, and, and Matt Cashin will attest to this, they get a little nervous and they're not making those fancy plays between their skates, and yes, I, I do miss it. Who do you th- who's who's a skilled player that you thought was or is really tough that you respect? Uh, in the game now? Yeah, or, or maybe a pass guy. can be anybody. Uh, I know what, Chris Fraser. I named my second son after him. He was a guy that could do it all. Uh, who was another? Well, Matt, uh, obviously Clark Gillies. I, I dreamt oh, nice. about playing yep. against the Islanders. He was he was all of it. Uh, Al Secord, I saw him do an interview the other day, and, and he, he still looks like, you know, when I played in Rochester, his name's on the wall for bench pressing 400 pounds as a hockey player. Like, you, you Don Cherry started the bench press competition. Anyone that played for the Americans had to put their bench press up there. I didn't even get to 300. He's doing 400, and he did it more than once. So those, those are guys that, that could play and could absolutely mop the ice with you if you bothered them. Paul Holmgren uh, is another one that Kurt Frazier used to say he was actually afraid of how tough Paul Holmgren was. So wow. those guys are never going to be called upon as, as, as rude players and bad for the game, but they kept other teams honest, and I believe that's a, a necessary thing, and I, I don't like the way hockey's going. I won't lie to you. Brent, we're going to have Kerry Toporowski on the show tomorrow. He missed your single-season record by <laughs> six penalty minutes, so I hope you could do it in tomorrow night. Thank you so Tell much for your time, Brent. Let, sorry, go ahead. Thanks a lot. Well, no, tell him if he would have tightened his skates a little bit more, he probably could have got him in Scandic and passed me the floor. <laughs> Thanks, Brent. That is Brent Gogol checking in. Wow, that was incredible. Uh, Enforcers Week on Inside Sports, and we started with the guy at the top of the list in the Western Hockey League. Most minutes in a single season, 511 penalty minutes in 77-78. He's got tons of stories. Actually, he told more stories, I think, from his uh, major AAA coaching career than his playing career. Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. So the Oilers practice today after having Sunday off. Laurent Brassois admitted lost some focus in the third period in Calgary. Nathan Walker, waiver claim from Washington on the ice today. Brandon Davidson, waiver claim from Montreal, back with the Oilers. He is thrilled to be here. Connor McDavid did not practice illness See if he's back out there tomorrow. Adam Larson on injured reserve did not skate, but we'll see if he can be out there tomorrow and possibly return Wednesday against the Philadelphia Flyers. That game on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 5.30. Game will start at 7. NHL tonight. Flyers and Flames scoreless. Three minutes left in the first. Predators lead the Bruins 4-1. That's in the second period. Islanders now up 4-3 on the Panthers after two. John Tavares has his 17th of the season. Capitals leading the Sharks 4-1 with five minutes left. Monday night football, six minutes left in the second quarter. Cincinnati 10, Pittsburgh nothing. Well, that was great having Brent Gogol on the show. We uh, are having Enforcers Week here on Inside Sports, and we dove right in with the single-season penalty minute leader in the Western Hockey League. I think we could have gone on for a couple hours with Brent, so we'll have him on uh, again. We'll try to get that done uh, in the near future, maybe in the new year. 
incredible stories. He talked about his dad taking him out in the backyard and teaching him how to fight after seeing him lose a couple of fights in a hockey game. And Brent said he enjoyed it, and he doesn't like the direction the game has gone with less accountability and uh, and uh, skilled players too free to do whatever they want out there on the ice. Really great having Brent on the show. And uh, tomorrow, yeah, Kerry Toporowski who has these uh, six minutes behind Brent for the all-time single-season record in the Western Hockey League. Kerry played uh, a little bit uh, about 12 years after Brent played. Well, this guy played in the uh, Western Hockey League, in the Alberta Junior League, and then five seasons with the U of A Golden Bears. He's now the head coach of the number one ranked Golden Bears hockey team. It is Serge Lajoie. Serge, thanks for making time for me. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on, Reed. Everything is good here. Right on. It's great to catch up with you. All right, since uh, since I had Brent Gogol on in the uh, last half hour of the show, uh, toughest guy you ever played with or against? Oh, geez, I might be working with him right now. Stan Marple wasn't afraid to drop the mitts. Uh, Trevor Semenuk, uh, but I played with uh, Rudy Postcheck in Kamloops, uh, who was a very tough customer. Mark Kazowski. So, um, yeah. I've, I think that uh, Poshek would have, be, have to be the toughest guy I've ever played with. Yeah. Now, Stan and you were you uh, of eight teammates. Now, did you that? Were you played? You, did you get suspended for fighting, or could you still fight when you started? Uh, no, you you got kicked out for that game. It, um, I don't think it materialized. It might have materialized into uh, you know an, an extra game, so you're out for that game plus one more game. But no, you, the the fight uh, and not get kicked out uh, was. Uh, that that rule was now no longer in place when I started at U of A. Yeah. All right. Uh, maybe putting you on the spot a little bit here. Do you think? <laughs> do you think Canada West or U Sports Hockey uh, should, you know, allow? I mean, I I know it's technically against the rules because you get a five minute penalty. But do you think U Sports could benefit from you know having a fight just being five minutes and then you come back into the game, or how do you look at it as a coach? Yeah. Well, I know that the. We've always had that discussion in terms of uh, with the rules the way they are at the U Sport University of Hockey, and uh, in terms of players that all of a sudden come from the WHL and might have uh, held their uh, their intentions in check, so to speak, and stick work in check, and all of a sudden uh, played with a, a little bit more courage. So you know what, you could argue it both ways. Uh, you know the way the things are right now, it's going well. I think uh, players hold themselves accountable. Refs do a uh, you know a reasonably good job. Oh, now to start to look at change things again. Um, I just I don't feel that uh, that it would uh, make a big difference one way or the other. Serge Lajoie joining us, head coach of the U of Air Golden Bears hockey team. You guys are ranked number one in the nation. You got a big game coming up on Saturday. Before we get to that, Serge, I, I want to look back a little bit at your semester. Fifteen and one in league play. The one loss was at Saskatchewan visiting the Huskies, who uh, are also a top five team. You split there, so obviously uh, with a road loss, it didn't affect your rankings at all. I know there were high expectations for the team this year. Living up to them is another thing. How have you guys been able to do it? Uh, a lot of the credit will go to the players. Obviously, uh, they've they've come in. Um, I thought there was a lot of growth last year uh, with a lot of our first-year players. Now they come in with a little bit more experience, knowing what to expect. Uh, they're putting in the work. Our practices are have been purposeful. They've been intense. Uh, and uh, we found ways to win. Uh, you know, this past weekend was a good example. 
played a, a team that has uh, showed tremendous uh, improvement, played the game the right way, forced us to have to really not cheat the game and play it hard, uh, make simple plays. So our guys are buying in. Our guys are, are I guess, um, are, are learning that uh, even though we are winning, there's still room for improvement, and they bring that kind of a workmanlike uh, attitude to every practice. And there's been... You know, there's been some good energy. Winning will bring that good energy, and they've been using that uh, to continue to move forward. You always need goal, good goaltending to have a successful team. You guys have Zach Slachenko and Brendan Burke, both excellent goaltenders. How have you been handling their usage? Yeah, they've uh, they've split, uh, with the exception of one weekend. They've split every weekend, um, and uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, you, you talk about a successful team. Uh, there's always good goaltending that 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 as ba- the backbone of those teams, and uh, uh, we talk about finding you know different ways to win games. And uh, our goaltending has always given us an opportunity to get our our legs underneath us. Uh, that made big saves at key moments. Um, Zach, for example, on on Saturday made a big uh, save when it was three two, and allows us to get that empty net goal instead of you know a tie game. So. Um, you know, very happy with their goaltending, and uh, you know, can't uh, forget Kenny Cameron, who's been a you know a positive guy for us. I know he hasn't seen any action, but uh, he's been working hard in practice, pushing both Brendan and uh, Zach. So uh, we're very fortunate to have those three guys in our system. Search. The semester's not over. League play is over. But this Saturday at Northlands Coliseum, the return of the face-off game, Golden Bears against the Nate Ooks. This is uh, this is interesting. I mean, there's there's some people listening if they're a little younger who, who weren't born the last, the last time this game was played, or they or they wouldn't be old enough to remember it. It's something I can remember reading about uh, when I was a kid growing up in Evansburg. What, give me a sense of of why this game uh, is important and what you expect on the weekend. Well, important first and foremost because we've uh, teamed up with the Stollery Hospital. And uh, we're able to, to give back to a, a very uh, worthy cause. And, uh, um, and then, you know, the second thing is uh, we're both programs, and I'm familiar with both programs, we've always wanted to be uh, leaders within our hockey community and give back. And it's an opportunity for us to uh, hopefully get a lot of uh, young players and their families come to the game, and, and uh, we get to showcase both programs, which are high-level programs, and and uh, you know, show what uh, you know you can combine hockey and and school, and and take care of the, of the schooling part, and take care of the rest of your life, uh, uh, sort of speak, and then still continue to play hockey at a high level. So um, we look at this from our standpoint. Uh, you're absolutely right. Our semester is not over. This is another opportunity for us to continue to grow as a program. We're playing an eight team that is very strong. They have quality hockey players, quality people, well-coached. So um, it promises to be a very good hockey game. And uh, we're by, by no means are we looking past it. Uh, we're not on uh, Christmas holiday break yet. We're not thinking of exams yet. We're getting ourselves ready for this game on Saturday. Eighth ever face-off game, first time since 1991, Northlands Coliseum. We're looking at 7 o'clock on Saturday, and people can just uh, go to the uh, Golden Bears and Pandas Athletics site 
if uh, you want to check out tickets. You can also get them through Ticketmaster. Very affordable, $10. And uh, as you mentioned, some of the uh, ticket revenue going to the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation. Serge, I always love having you on the show. I love seeing the Golden Bears do great and have fun on Saturday against Nate. That's going to be a fun one, man. Thank you very much, Reed. Appreciate the support. That is Serge Lajoie, head coach of the number one ranked in U Sports Golden Bears hockey team. We will have a Nate Angle on the show later on in the week. I mentioned about tickets being available. Well, how about this? We have two four-packs of tickets to give you. So the first two people to call in to Kellen and get this question right, 780-496-0063, who was the U of A Golden Bears hockey coach before Serge Lajoie? Should be relatively easy. Hey, Kellen? Very easy. I know who, the answer to that Who coached one. the team before before Serge Lajoie? Yes. 780-496-0063. Quick timeout, and then we're going to come back. Uh, actually, we're going to follow up on a story we first brought you a couple of years ago, and it had a happy ending. A couple of weeks ago. Like, a couple of weeks it's ago. Like a couple anyway, of years. Anyway, wow. Just, just know it's a happy ending, Okay. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. So Bruce and Scott are the winners. Did anybody get it wrong, Kellen? Uh, we had a couple of people say Claire Drake, but we're again we were looking oh for the coach immediately before. Yes, right before. Did yeah. we say, I, I think that should have been. Yeah. Ian Herbers was the Golden Bears coach before. Serge Lajoie, immediately before Serge Lajoie. So they're going to the face-off game, Golden Bears against Ooks, Saturday at 7 at Northlands Coliseum. That's going to be pretty cool. Reed Wilkins, it's 7.50. This is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30. Chad, we'll have the Oilers and the Flyers on Wednesday night, 5.30 face-off show. Game will start at 7. Oilers trying to win their second in a row and then maybe get to three. Don't want to get ahead of myself. They have won three of their last four. Flyers and Flames tied 1-1 after the first in Calgary. Philly 0-5-5 in their last 10. Want to follow up on a story we first brought you a couple of weeks ago about a young man trying to win a goalie mask design contest for the World Juniors. Brody Panich is on the line right now. Brody, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Good. So, congratulations. I heard you won the contest. Yeah, I won. When did you find out? Um, actually, just today because um, they posted on Facebook and yeah. Awesome. How do you feel? Um, I feel real. It feels really awesome just because that's kind of one in a lifetime kind of thing. Like that doesn't happen very often. Because I'm like only like there's only two kids out of everyone in Canada. All like the kids in Canada. And that's just really crazy that I got picked for that. A bunch of people voted for me. Yeah, well, I voted for you, so I I helped a little bit. Uh, How old are you again? You're 12? Yeah. Okay, so give people the the nuts and bolts of the the contest to remind everybody uh, what it was and what you had to do. Um, So you just uh, basically color and design a mask, and then you send it into Boston Pizza and the restaurant will pick one mask and send it to the Team Canada office. Um, then they'll pick um, maybe about four, two to four masks. And um, then they'll put it in like a voting on Facebook and Hockey Canada website and stuff. 
And yeah, and then I just won. Like, very lucky. So, and you beat a kid from Calgary, right? Yes. Well, that's all right. So, what happens with your mask now? Like, is it actually going to be worn in a game? Yeah, it's going to be worn in the World Juniors. I think it's this year. And I get a copy of it. And then I think either next year, I think I fly to Vancouver to watch them play. Oh, so you get tickets to a game or two for next season then? For the next yeah. World Juniors? Because this year's is in Buffalo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. Remind people again, what was what was your mask design? What did you put on it? Um, so on the forehead, you have, like, the gloves tearing apart the, like, Superman. But instead of the Stu- Superman logo, it's got the Team Canada emblem. And on the side, it has the Canadian Railway because um, it goes through all of Canada. The other side, you got the map of Canada. And on the chin, you have the 13 Maple Leafs to uh, represent each province or territory of Canada. Wow, that's awesome. All right, so... Are you an artistic kid in general? Like when you saw, oh man, I can use my art skills, were you on this right away? Yeah, I, I consider myself pretty artsy and I like to draw and all that stuff and like I kind of like to design my hockey gear and stuff. And Yeah, I think it's really fun and you can be creative with all your kind of stuff and yeah. Okay, cool. And are you a hockey player as well? Yeah, I play defense and ice hockey, but... I'm a goalie in ball hockey, so, and I play for the Hawks. Which, which Hawks are those? Um, which Hawks? Like Northwest. Northwest, okay. Two eight seven. Perfect. Okay, cool. Well, you're very well spoken, Brody. I appreciate you doing this. Why don't you call in to Rob and me after a game sometime and let us know what you thought of the game? That'd be fun. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Brody. So. And I'd just like to thank everyone for voting for me. And Oh, yeah. Well, where, for, where can people go look at the mask right now? Um, they can go on Facebook on the Boston or the Hockey Canada website on Facebook. All right. Anything else? Yeah, just saying thanks to all everyone who voted for me. And thanks for letting me on the radio cause, to spread the word. And that helped a whole lot. Right on, Brody. I hope we talk again soon. Congratulations. Great stuff. Yeah, thank you. All right, that's Brody Panich checking in. Good for him. 12 years old, won that design a mask contest. So like you said, now you're going to get to see it in game action, and uh, he'll get a version of the mask as well. That is really cool. And uh, he just found out. I know when we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, people were texting. I got a few texts. Did, did he win? And I was in touch with his family, and they didn't know for sure. And I actually got a text during the show in the first hour saying, hey, he won, so I said, we got to get him on. So Brody did win, so that's great stuff. Thank you to those of you who have texted in and reminded me that I'm a silly goose, creature, creature of habit. What did you do? The, the Flyers game on Wednesday is a 7.30 game. Ah. Not a 7 o'clock game. You just double-checked your schedule, too, yeah, didn't I did. you? Because you were, <laughs> I looked over you were assuming it was, most of them are at 7. Uh, my mistake. Good thing it's not tomorrow. i got a, a full day to correct myself. 7.30 start of the game on Wednesday, so the face-off show will be at 6, Oilers and Flyers. I can't believe I did that. That's terrible. Tell all your friends I got it wrong, but then tell them the right start time for the game, too. One final look at the scoreboard. 1-1, Flyers and Flames after one. Predators lead the Bruins 4-1 after two. Islanders and Panthers 4-4 in the third. Capitals beat the Sharks 
4-1. Benches were yelling at each other in that one. Bengals up on the Steelers, 17-0. 30 seconds left in the first half. Thanks to Serge Lejoie, Brett Gogol, June Jones. They were all on the show tonight. Thanks for to Brody Panich for checking in as well. Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Get more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com. We have stories on Brassois and Davidson up there at the moment. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Back tomorrow at 6. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.